It's Thursday, February 18th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me today, Mr. Jim Gillies. Good to see you, my friend. Good to be seen, Chris. We have a universal dilemma facing investors that we're going to talk about. We've got a company I've never heard of before today, but Jim is very excited to tell investors about it, so we'll talk about that. And we're going to start with the biggest retailer in America. Walmart's fourth quarter was highlighted by same-store sales in the U.S. up more than 8.5%. E-commerce sales were up nearly 70%. CEO Doug McMillan talked on the call about the investments that Walmart is planning to make in 2021, and I am assuming those comments are why shares of Walmart are down 6% this morning. I think it's silly they're down 6% this morning. This, the, you are taking the uh, a company, the size and breadth and strength of Walmart, one of the few companies left essentially unscathed. In fact, drive, customers have been driven to them during the pandemic by the closure of practically everyone else. And you're going to take down this behemoth retailer by 6% in a day. This is a, if, if, if you are a long-term, if you believe that your portfolio should have um, what I'll call bedrock positions on which you can layer growthier, more exciting positions, because Walmart, whatever it is, is not terribly exciting. Um, what a great day to add to shares of Walmart. Sit down 6%. That's just my humble opinion. Um, you know, look, they uh, they they missed earnings guidance, what or expectations? Big deal. They they blew away revenue. Um, you know, during the pandemic, their total revenues up about seven percent. Their operating profits up about ten percent. This is full year. Uh, you mentioned uh, e-commerce is up about seventy percent in the U.S. Uh, I'm sorry, across the company in the U.S. It's up nearly eighty percent. Uh, they made a lot of cash last year. They used it to boost the cash on the balance sheet. They took down a bunch of their debt. They're investing. I found this interesting. They're investing in what they call U.S. wages. So they're going to bring the average associate uh, hourly rate to above $15 per hour. I, I know that's a, been a debate of some uh, magnitude in your fa- fine country. Um, Walmart is kind of saying, well, we're just going to do it before we get legislated to do it. And uh I say good on them. Uh, certainly, competitors like Costco have been doing that for a while. So I think it's uh, good that Walmart is, uh, if belatedly, is, is following suit. Uh, they increased their dividend for the 48th year in a row, Chris. They approved a new $20 billion buyback plan. They made $26 billion last year, and they paid out, I think, about $6 billion in dividends and just shy of three buying back. This is, uh, to to channel my inner Ron Gross, this is a company hitting on all cylinders. Um, Uh, uh, Oh, and it's 20 times earnings, too. Down 6% today, cool. That's silly. The the only thing I'll add is, um, you know, the longer Doug McMillan is CEO of Walmart, the more impressive his track record becomes. And so, you know, it's... Two votes. Like, uh, the... The idea, as you said, um, for people who are building a portfolio and saying, I want to have this chunk over here that's dedicated towards growth, some high flyers, some rule breakers. I'm going to take some chunk over here and it's going to be bedrock positions Mm -hmm. um, that I'm not going to worry about. Uh, You know, Doug McMillan is a CEO that nobody should be worried about. 100%. Yeah. No, this is absolutely a. A bedrock position, and uh, I've already called the today's six percent sell-off silly a couple of times, so I'll call it silly again and move on. 
Uh, earlier this week, we got fourth quarter earnings from the aforementioned company I've never heard of before, MedPace Holdings. Ticker is MEDP. MedPace is in the business of clinical research trials. Um, tell me why you're a fan of this company. So I'm going to try to challenge. Uh, channel, I was just going to uh, say, let, um, me, let, let me cut you off right now. In, in less than four minutes, tell me why you're a fan <laughs> of this company. Good luck. Um, so yeah, they're, they're a contract research, research organization, but you know, around the fool, we praise companies rightly, by the way, uh, we praise companies that have, and, and we invest in companies and we recommend repeatedly companies where we have, uh, founder management, management that think like owners because they are owners with meaningful stakes in the game that, you know, uh, companies that uh, to rattle off a few, I own a few of these and admire all of them, Shopify, Appian, the trade desk, Starbucks for a time under Howard Schultz, Costco for a time. And we still love Costco and Starbucks, but the founder management kind of aged out. Uh, Costco with Jim Senegal, Square, and I think I'm the only fool that's ever even noticed MedPace. And here's MedPace. It was founded in 1992 by Dr. August Trendle, who came from the FDA, you know, the people who basically, um, he, he saw what was needed, left the FDA where he was a reviewer and founded this contract research organization, a contra CROs, contract research. They basically allow entities that are pursuing new treatments and drugs and medical devices it allows them to reduce their cost through outsourcing to the CRO. That's in a nutshell what it is. Shepherd you through phase one through four trials and that sort of thing. So he launches this company in 92. He's still CEO today, Chris. This is 30 years on the job almost. I think he's probably pretty decent at what he does. Uh, he kicked around in private equity. He had it personally for a while, then private equity for a while. Uh, it IPOs in 2016. He still owns somewhere between 20 and 23% of the shares of this company. Um, I'm not sure with the recent buybacks, what, it, what he's up to now. Uh, he put up $20 million of his own cash at the IPO to buy shares in his own IPO. So that's kind of neat. Uh, once it was taken public, he used the company's copious cash flows to buy back all of the debt that he was left with at the IPO. The company's debt-free today. He bought back a bunch of stock from his former private equity sponsors, so he's free and clear. And today, the company has debt-free balance sheet, $278 million in cash on the books. Uh, it's free cash flow production since IPOing it, like I said, in 2016. From 2015 to 2020, free cash flow has compounded at an annualized 23.4% rate. They did $277 million last year. Okay. No place to put it except for buying back shares and buying on the balance sheet, really. Um the company, even on even as the conference call this week, MedPace CEO August Trendle basically says, yeah, you know, 20% growth is kind of what we're comfortable with. We're not really straining above that. You know, this is kind of our sweet spot. He's only done it since coming public. And like I said, he's run the business for 30 years. And this is a company that you can buy today for five times this year's expected revenue and about 25 times this year's expected EBITDA. It is a high-quality business that I've never heard another fool mention. So, you know, I mean, like I said, I, I, I pulled out Shopify, which we all know and love, Appian, uh, the Trade Desk, Ditto, etc. Um, smaller company, $6 billion, but I think, fools, this is a company that, uh, if you, again, to take the, take the, we talked about Bedrock Company, now maybe you get some growthy names in there as well. This isn't as sexy as a SaaS business, you know, and that's fair enough, but you need some of these kind of mid-tier can kind of grow at, you know, high teens, low twenties rates, 
for almost as long as they want. And when will Wall Street notice MedPace? Maybe when it hits 10 billion, 20 billion, I don't know, but uh, you could say you were in now. When you look at the valuation of the business, I mean, this is a stock, it's, it's down a little bit from its high. It's still up more than 60% over the past year. It, it sounds like it mm -hmm. doesn't look overly expensive to you. It, 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 well, I mean, it, I believe you, you, you will generally have to pay up for quality. And so this is not a rock bottom price. Uh, ironically, Walmart's more of a rock bottom price than this one is, but it is a fair price for a great business run by a very foolish founder management team with skin in the game. And he's built it as a fortress. So even through the pandemic, um, you know, where, you know, they, 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 they did what everyone else did. They pulled their guidance and they talked down expectations and said, you know, and then they have the full year results and they smashed them. So, uh, you know, it, 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 that's what they do in bad times and in good times they do better. Quick programming note this weekend on Motley Fool Money. It's our 12th anniversary. Yay. 12, 12 years ago this week, we started Motley Fool Money. And uh, just for some context, uh, the S&P 500 was at 770 today uh, at just under 3,900. The NASDAQ was at 1,440. And right now, the NASDAQ is at, let's just call it 13,700 and change. Uh, so you're welcome. That's right. I'm claiming all the credit. <laughs> Taking all the credit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't get any credit because I think I've been on exactly one of the one Motley Fool Money show in twelve years. I look, I can't do anything about um, the laws that uh, the leadership in your government has set up with respect to like cross border. <laughs> like I don't that, look, I'm not going to cross the, the the Canadian Mounties. Mm -hmm. that's, that's suicide. Yeah, they might, they, they'll tell you to stop it again, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com. Got a great question from Charlie in San Francisco. He says, as a relative newcomer to The Motley Fool, I love the insight. It's definitely helped me navigate the crazy year with a cooler investing head. My question is about electronic arts acquisition of Glue Mobile. As a Glue Mobile shareholder, how do I weigh up whether to sell my Glue shares or hold for the sale and take the shares of Electronic Arts. I'm in it for the long term, no need to sell. I'm just unsure what is the best response as an investor in the acquired company. Uh, I love this question because this is a situation that a lot of investors find themselves in. If you're an investor for a long enough period of time, it's, I bought shares at this company, I've got my bull case for, this com for company X, and they got bought by company Y. And I don't know mm -hmm. that I want to be a shareholder of company Y. So what what are a couple of things that investors should uh, do to sort of answer that question for themselves? Yeah, uh, Charlie, it is a great question. As Chris says, I, I will say I feel your pain. Uh, this has happened to me twice this month. And, and because I don't really know anything about Glue Mobile uh, and not much more about electronic arts. I'm going to speak in generalities and also kind of talk to you about how I've approached this with the two companies that I've gotten this happened with me. Uh, first off, um, you know, uh, it can be great when your company is acquired for a fat premium, or it can be awful because you had multi-bagger hopes for them. And, and uh, I've had one of each of those this last month. So the good news is you're getting a 36% uh, premium. 
the bad news is you don't really have, or not really bad news, but um, you don't have the choice to take EA stock here. Okay, or if you do have the choice, it's your you're gonna have to do it because they are paying twelve fifty in cash for every share of Blue Mobile. So uh, for you to roll that into EA, you're gonna have to uh, either wait for the cash to be received and then buy shares of EA at that point, or you could sell Glue today and buy EA. Um, and of course, that necessitates a bunch of questions. And and the questions are, uh, this happens every time you go through this, is, uh, and the first question is, how excited are you to own the acquiring business? Okay, so you have to start, you know, what, what made you buy Glue Mobile? The, those reasons may indeed survive in the combined company. But, you know, Electronic Arts is a $42 billion company, and Glue is about a $2 billion company. Glues can be less than 10% of the combined company's total revenue. Um, I'm going to predict that the culture that survives intact is probably going to be electronic arts. It's probably, you know, the, the thing that you like about glue is probably going to be absorbed into. Uh, a lot of people from glue will probably be exiting the company within a couple of years. Um, that's just what happens. Um, uh, and Peter Lynch talked about uh, this phenomenon a little bit in One Up on Wall Street, I believe. Uh, might have been beating the street. But uh, he talked about, you know, you know, there might be a company or a product that you love, but if it's trapped within a bigger company where it doesn't contribute much or can't contribute much, um, you, you kind of, you know, you kind of get you kind of get played out. So that's not great. Um, one thing I like to do as well is I, I, I consider the valuation argument. So, so EA, for example, right now closed yesterday at about six and a half times sales. Um, and it's trading for about 16 times next year's EBITDA, which is kind of our rough first glance at cash flow. Um, I look at Glue, and Glue is trading at about three and a half times sales, which I was kind of surprised at. It's actually a lower multiple. Uh, and it's trading at about 19 times next year's EBITDA. So 16 for EA, 19 for um, uh, for Glue. Uh, so that actually doesn't look that bad, frankly. In fact, it looks like EA is getting a bit of a bargain, depending on how you want to look at valuation-wise. But EA is growing slower. So even though the forward valuation is a little more favorable for EA, the slow growth where they're going to dominate whatever Glue puts up gives me a little bit of pause. That, that, that's my thing. And, and I'll tell you the story. Like I said, I've had this happen to me twice this week. Uh, the first company uh, is a company called CRH Medical this week, this month. Uh, CRH Medical is a company I like, company I own, still own. Um, it's being acquired. It, it's, it always had something, Chris. There was always something, you know, like they did well, but there's just, yeah, they tripped over their own feet a few times. Um, so, you know, out comes this other company called Well Health that's buying them uh, at, with an 80% premium. Done and dusted, let's go. Because as I look at the acquiring company, it is a much higher growth, growth through acquisition. It's a cash burning company. It's trading at well over 10 times revenue. If you grant them all of their acquisitions together, it's still trading at over 10 times revenue going forward versus my CRH company, which is trading at less than four times revenue. They're clearly buying CRH to use that cash to slake the cash burn over it well, not willing to go up on the valuation chain. So Goodbye to those assets, and we're good. As my camera turns off on me, um, the the other one is a company called NIC, which goes by the ticker EGov on Nasdaq. Uh, it is a great company, really well run. It brings uh, government government processes uh, online. So if you need a permit for a camping site, you got to pay a parking ticket. Chances are 
NIC developed the app for it. It is a fantastic company that I had great hopes for. I'm sad to see it being taken out uh, by Tyler Technologies, um, which is another great company. So I'm enthused about both companies here. I think Tyler is an excellent company. Um, I think NIC is an excellent company. The problem is that NIC trades for about four times revenue at the acquisition multiple, and Tyler is at more than 10 times revenue. It's more than 70 times free cash flow. Again, I am not willing to swap what is a lower valuation company for a higher valuation company where my preferred company, that would be NIC, is just 30% revenue and growing at a slower rate. So, you know, you start to ask yourself these questions. What What is the acquiring company? What are the traits of the acquiring company? How excited am I to be there? What does the valuation look like? And that could, you know, that could hopefully form your answer. Again, you're getting a 36% premium uh, on where Glue was before the acquisition was announced. I hope you bought it closer to its 52-week low, which is in the 3 or $4 range, so you're making out like a bandit here. Um, but even so, 36 is nothing, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, but, uh, you know, so these kind of things you want to ask. And, you know, look, if you do nothing, you're going to end up with cash. And maybe, the, I think I think Glue's trading slightly above the acquisition price or proposed price. So, you know, maybe there's some hope that someone comes out and offers a superior price to, um, to EA. Can't say for sure whether it'll happen. Uh, you know, it's not that big of a premium, but you know, maybe, maybe you might get someone else to play here, but EA would probably come back and say, well, okay, we'll offer $13 or something. So, um, but there are worse things to have happen. I'll put it that way. Absolutely. And, and to, to bring it back to Walmart, you know, and you, and you sort of touched on this, um, a question everyone needs to ask themselves when they're in this position is, well, what place does this stock occupy in my portfolio? You know, as you said, Glue Mobile, it's a smaller company. It's, you know, maybe more on the growth side of the equation if, you know, I mean, to, 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 to you know, take this to an extreme, if instead of electronic arts, you know, buying Glue Mobile. If Walmart bought Glue Mobile, it's like, wait a second. I'm not. <laughs> I've got. I've got the bedrock portion of my, of my portfolio <laughs> covered. I'm not looking. It's like, no, no. I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to find myself another. You know, maybe another uh, growth-oriented mobile game company. Always good yeah. talking to you, my uh, friend. Stay warm up there. I appreciate it, Chris, and uh, take care. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about on the Motley Fool. May have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.